Money FM 89.3, best of prime time. SG Extra, only on Money FM 89.3. All right. Well, it's slightly over a year ago now that Singaporeans <laughs> headed to the polls for the general elections. When the votes were tallied, the People's Action Party was returned to power, winning 83 out of 93 seats in Parliament. That's right. And the Workers' Party won 10 seats in a second GRC, and that was Senkang GRC. And we also saw Party Chief Pritam Singh appointed as the leader of the opposition. Now, just over a year after GE 2020, Singapore issues in Parliament that have been discussed range from the fight against COVID-19, the pandemic, Mm -hmm. sustainability to the race and review of anti-discrimination laws. So what are our politicians doing one year after GE 2020? And how have the events of a year ago reshaped politics for the longer term in Singapore? And most importantly, what's next? Well, Zakir Hussein, Singapore editor at The Straits Times, is here in the studio with us this afternoon to discuss all these things. Zakir, thanks for joining us here in the studio. Let's start off by taking a quick look at some of the highlights of Singapore's political environment as of today. Yeah, and I think let's start off by talking about some of the key milestones, if you could call them that, or headlines that we've seen over the past year. I think one of the biggest surprise was the shift that we've seen in succession planning for the PAP. So where are we now, Zakir? So I think think the largest political shock we've you know, to happen over the past year was really the announcement by Deputy Prime Minister Heng Sui Kiet that he was no longer in contention to be the next Prime Minister. Mm-hmm. So in a way that set back political leadership succession, right? And the plan was uh, Prime Minister Lee would hand over sometime mm-hmm. before the next election and one more round of uh, orderly transition in Singapore. That was not to be the case. And right now it seems as if, I mean, in a way COVID-19's helped it, you know, so PM is still very much at the helm. But you've seen over the past year, and especially in the last few months, you know, some of the other 4G leaders basically stepping up and taking more prominent roles. And I think in the past two weeks, especially, you saw finance minister, I mean, first you had the cabinet reshuffle, Mm -hmm. and uh, some of the plum positions, uh, finance minister went to Lawrence Wong, and health minister went to Ong Yi Kang. And I think both in, you know, recent weeks have been speaking, making key speeches, I think, on policies that, you know, require them to think, kind of look beyond their ministries, you know, take a national lens. Minister Lawrence Wong had a major speech on race that by all counts was quite well received. And I think Minister Ong Yi Kang spoke quite passionately in Parliament last week on the need for free trade agreements I see. And I mean, let's let's just kind of take a step back here because this also marks the first year with Pritam Singh as leader of the opposition. That's right. How has this, you know, impacted the discourse and dialogue that we've seen in Parliament? And what has this meant for all parties? I think, you know, we've seen more debate in Parliament. We've seen longer sittings. Mm-hmm. We've seen uh, WPMPs basically um, have filed uh, numerous questions. I think, you know, five, six among the top 10 MPs who filed the most questions. And in a way, the WPs kind of show itself uh, to be very, I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's shown that it's, you know, it is clearly differs from the PAP on some policies. But on the other hand, on the bigger national issues and on some of the key fundamentals, it's pretty much aligned with the government of the day on, on, on these issues. So mm-hmm. in a way, it's trying to build a position for itself, a sort of a loyal opposition. And it seems that this is generally the opposition that, that a lot of the WP supporters who have elected it to power in its two GRCs kind of wants to see. Right. Mm. So I thought one of some of the more interesting points were 
On the GST hike, the WP made very clear its position, it was opposed to it. But on issues like Trace Together, contact tracing and coming together to fight Combat 19, you know, you had the leader of the opposition actually stand up and saying, you know, please use Trace Together, mm-hmm. right? Mm. And more recently on, on the issue of free trade agreements and Sika, it's been clear that, you know, we do wish, we really wish there was more data available. But, you know, we are of the view that such openness and staying open is essential to Singapore's survival. That's right. And I think there was also some debate on uh, ethnic integration policy as well with, That's right. within racial groups for HDB flats. That's right. Yeah. And I think the WP did not hold back in that debate. It made clear that it would still want the, to do away with the ethnic integration policy, although perhaps it conceded, I think, under some heavy questioning that maybe it you know wanted to wait till uh, we were more race neutral and that there were some merits to the EIP. Okay. Very interesting that you brought out that phrase, uh, loyal opposition. That in mind, <laughs> <laughs> what should we be expecting in the next two weeks with the upcoming debate on SICA and anti-discrimination laws? What, what else uh, should we be looking out yeah. for? We're not sure yet when the upcoming debate on SICA will okay. be, but I think I'd say in the next few parliament sittings, you know, I think you might see both the government and the WP wanting to draw a clearer distinction between the various I would say we've got a two-track opposition in Singapore, Mm. right? You've got the WP and its backers who've proven that their model works, where they, you know, are very much in line and support openness and opening up, but one fairer level playing field, more level playing field for Singaporeans, maybe more anti-discrimination legislation. Mm -hmm. But on the other hand, you've got the Progress Singapore Party, which has also made very clear it's kind of staked out its position that, you know, we're opposed to SICA. We're opposed to, you know, we, we want to take a tougher line on, on even foreign manpower and foreigners. And it's almost a hardening of, of views, I'd say, on that end. I think this divide is going to be more pronounced, very likely, in this term of government. So what impact is all of this having on policy change here in Singapore? I think you are going to see, my, my own view is I think we'll see a lot more effort being put in to explain policies. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I think to also tweak and I would say amend policies um, to make them more palatable to the broad majority. Because at the same time, I think, you know, the, the competition very much is still between the PAP and the Workers' Party on one hand. You know, so if calls for anti-discrimination legislation, review of policies like EIP, even tweaking, you know, leavening the edges, mm-hmm. allowing more room for appeals. If that happens, and I think people, you know, a lot of the voters who might be on the fence and undecided would then use this as an opportunity to decide uh, which party they feel is, is maybe serving their interests best. As long as they feel like they're being heard, right? And that's somebody's right. listening yeah. and acting up on their, uh, acting on their concerns. I that's think right. that's, that's yeah. the key. Yeah. All right, Zakir, thank you very much uh, for joining us here this hour on Prime Time. Zakir Hussein is the Singapore editor at The Straits Times. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A W E D I O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.